grace of God we will carry on. His love endures forever. Sing praise. Sing praise. Sing it again. Sing praise. Sing praise. to him tonight. Lord, we lift you up tonight. Sing it one more time. tonight forever God is strong forever God is with us forever and ever one more time forever God is faithful forever God is strong
shall be filled. They that ask and knock and seek shall find it. I'm one of those that want it. You also one of those that want it. Thank you, Jesus. Our format tonight is the emphasis on prayer. So we will pray now and then we will move on into other things. And uh, for a moment, uh, Pastor Jeff will give us some instruction about prayer and then we'll go back into prayer. So you are in the midst of a move of God and I don't want anything to keep you from getting what you need. Amen. And so, and in the spirit of prayer, and because we prepare our hearts, there are several in our church family that need our prayers this evening, and, and you represent them, and we represent some concerns that come to our attention. We pray for Miss Mabel Moore, who is in hospice care, 
and she needs your prayers. A wonderful lady of the Lord and and Pastor Jeff and I had the privilege of visiting her today in Union City and praying with her. And God is helping her. We pray for Mr. John Hoyle, who is hospitalized and needs your prayers. For Tommy Brown, who needs your prayers. We pray for the Bryan family and the passing of, of uh, Becky and Sandra's mother. We pray for Austin Hammond, that God will keep replenishing him. We pray for restoration, deliverance, and all the help that the island of Haiti needs. That good and wonderful miracles of steep coming out of the rubbles. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Pray for Brother Willie Terrell, who has uh, been sick today with what might be a virus, but I pray before he pillows his head, he'll feel better in Jesus' name. He said, Pastor, because this is the house of prayer and because I believe in prayer, I'm raising my hands for the need I know that I have and God can take care of. Now lift up the other hand and let's begin to praise him before you ask him for anything. Take about 30 seconds and praise him first. I praise you, Jesus. Glory and honor and majesty and power is unto your name. Oh, from the rising of the sun and the setting of the same, you are God. The name of the Lord shall be praised. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that all of creation praise you. And we join creation, God, to say thank you, Father. Thank you for creating us. Thank you for ordering our steps. Thank you for saving our souls. Thank you for giving us eternal life. Thank you for delivering us from evil. Oh, thank you for turning around what the devil means for evil. And you make it good. Now intercede. Now begin to pray over every need you have. Oh God, as we go into this prayer meeting tonight, we lift up those who are sick. We lift up those who are because of their health limitations feel helpless and lord i just ask you for every hand that went up and the need that were represented and everyone that i mentioned out loud send your angels say amen somebody let angels be dispatched from your presence to go to the place of the need and lord i just pray that we'll hear testimonies in this week of prayer and fasting we'll just begin to hear those testimonies because the, the seed has been sown and the rain has fallen, meaning the Holy Spirit's water. And God, you are going to cause there to be a harvest like we've never seen before. Lord, we come against the devil and the authority of the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, victory is ours. Through the blood of Jesus Christ, victory is ours. Because of the power of the Word of God, victory is ours. We are not beggars. We are not paupers. We are not second-class citizens, God. We belong to Jesus. And His royal blood flows in our veins. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that the blinded eyes will still be open. And the deaf ears will still be open. Thank you that the paralyzed arms will still be loose. Thank you, God, that heart disease has got to go. Somebody help me here tonight. Claim what you need. Thank you that marriages are going to be mended. That sons and daughters that are lost will come into the kingdom because we are praying and we are believing. Demonic powers are going to be broken. Hallelujah, they are broken now. Thank you, Jesus. They are broken now. Praise you, Lord. Praise you. Oh, God, we still believe that if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek your face and turn from their wicked ways, then you will hear from heaven and you will forgive our sins and heal our land. Come on, pray, somebody. God, America needs you. 
Our, our government needs you. Our president, our Congress needs you. The Supreme Court needs you. Come on, pray somebody. All the governors of the 50 states need you, God. Oh, Heavenly Father, the mayors need you. The city council needs you. The county commissioner needs you. And the police need you. And the firemen need you. And Lord, the search and rescue need you. Come on, somebody. Lord, the schools need you. We don't need to be praying around our flagpole because we've been thrown out. We need to be praying in every classroom, God. And I pray that in return in Jesus' name. Oh, God, we, we speak against the curse of abortion. We speak against the curse of homosexuality and same-sex marriage. We speak against the curse of Hollywood and their immorality. Come on, pray somebody. God, bring revival to America and begin in us. Wake up the dead churches. Wake up the dead pastors. Wake up the dead believers, God. We're tired of playing church. We're tired of playing choir. We're tired of playing youth group. We want the power of God to fall in the house of God. Come on, church. Help me pray here. Oh, my God. We are not here to be entertained. We are not here to be entertainers. We are not here about our favorite songs and our favorite preachers and our favorite pew. We are here for you to break our hearts and change us, God. Oh, if we are praying out of your will, then change our will. Come on, lift those hands again and thank the Lord. Come on, lift those hands. Get out of your comfort zone and praise God. Oh, God, we got to get sick and tired of being sick and tired. Oh, God, the, the, the disease needs to be healed. The, the, the wounded need to be healed, Lord. Help us to be like the Good Samaritan. Come on, God's breaking out among us, church. I know we got schedules, but God's schedule is priority. I don't want to leave here like I came. In Jesus' name. Oh, bless the Lord, oh my soul. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. There's resurrection power. Now put your hands together and thank Him with a clap of praise. Oh, bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to Jesus. Amen. I've asked the Lord in these series of prayer meeting nights to keep me from wanting to try to make something happen because... Because people expect something to happen. No. If God don't help us, then we ain't got any help. But God is helping us. And everybody that plugs into the Holy Spirit's power will receive the energy you need. Oh, bless the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, turn around and give somebody your best smile and a warm handshake and tell them, God bless you. Bless each other. Thank you, Jesus.
Amen. Hallelujah. How many of you are ready to let it rain this evening? Amen. Come on, let's just take a second and just praise the Lord. Just take another second and ask the Lord to just come down and rain upon us. Father God, we just pray that you would let it rain tonight. I pray that you would let it rain through the power of your word, that you would let it rain through the power of your Holy Spirit, and that you would just open up the floodgates of heaven and let it rain down miracles and faith and healing and whatever it is your people need tonight. God, I pray that you would rain down your anointing so that for the few moments I bring forth your word, it wouldn't be me standing here, but that it would be your Holy Spirit. I pray, God, that you would rain down understanding upon the hearts of your people. God, open up their ears and open up the soil of their soul that they might receive a word, God, that they might be built up in the most high faith. And God, I pray tonight that you would give us a spirit of prayer. I pray, God, that you would touch every lip that's in this house this evening, that we might break through and touch the throne room of God, that we might receive help in our time of need. We give you the praise and we give you the glory and we thank you, God, that we've not gathered here alone this evening, but that we have gathered into the presence of the Most High God. So I pray, God, that as we go through this evening, that you would just let it rain. In Jesus' name we pray and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You can be seated. I was going to bring you a word from down there, but as I looked around and I saw so many people, which I thank God for, I needed to get up here so I can see you all. Amen. I know that some of you have come to hear the word of God tonight. I know that some of you have come to pray, but we're going to do some of both this evening. Amen. We're going to get a double portion blessing. We're going to hear from God's word, hopefully build up our spirits and challenge us to just open up and pray. The word that I want to bring to you tonight obviously has to do with prayer. But for those of you that have been with us for the last couple weeks, I've been talking about the seven ups of Christianity. And the first up that we talked about was as how we as Christians need to wake up. And last week we talked about how we as Christians need to shape up spiritually. And tonight, if you follow along with the lessons, we're going to learn on how it's our responsibility to pray up. Amen. Because if there's anything we need to do as believers is to learn how to pray up. Because when the world tries to get you down and the devil tries to get you down, all we've got to do is set our eyes unto God and pray up. Amen. So after we're done uh, bringing you the word, then we're going to do exactly that. Then we're going to spend some moments to actually pray up. We're going to spend some moments reaching into the throne room of grace that we might find help in our time of need. How many of you need some help tonight? That means we got to pray up. Amen. And so where we're going to start. We're going to start in Exodus chapter 8. I've really only got two main verses for you to look at. It's Exodus chapter 8, verses 9 and 10. And before we actually read that, just set a little, uh, set a little scene as to what's going on here. In Exodus chapter 8, God had just brought the second plague upon Egypt. It was the, the plague of frogs that, that God had, had brought down upon the people of Egypt. And these frogs were everywhere. The frogs were in every home, the Word of God tells us. The, the frogs were in every palace that was upon the land. The frogs were in every property, you might say. They were everywhere, church. They completely filled the land. And then Pharaoh, for the first time in this call to set God's people free. He didn't respond a couple times that Moses had been there and spoken to him. But here on this occasion, 
Pharaoh, for the first time, calls on Moses to call on God to remove the plague from the land. And in verse 9, Moses says this to Pharaoh. He says, I leave to you the honor of setting the time for me to pray for you and your officials and your people, that you and your houses may be rid of the frogs except for those that remain in the Nile. How many of you know that sometimes God calls us to pray even for our enemies? Sometimes we wish the frogs would kind of stay in their household. And sometimes we wish that the frogs would stay in their land and cause our enemies to be miserable. But here, the scripture lets us know that we need to even pray for our enemies. And this isn't the the theme of my word, but I want to encourage you that sometimes you may think your boss is an enemy. Or sometimes you might think your neighbor is an enemy. But what God tells us to do instead of cursing them is to pray for them. And there's a reason why we need to pray for them, and we're going to look at it as we go. But, but, but Moses says, I leave to you the honor of setting the time for me to pray for you. Pharaoh then says, tomorrow. And Moses replied, it will be as you say, so that you may know that there is no one like our God. How many of you know there is no one like Jehovah? Amen. There's no one like our God. No one like Jehovah Rapha. No one like Jehovah Shalom. No one like the God we serve. And Moses understood that prayer was able to prove that. Prayer was the key to proving to the world and proving to the people in Egypt that there was no one like our God. You see, Moses understood that prayer is what opened up the windows of heaven. Moses understood that prayer was the very thing that needed to demonstrate the power of God in a land of darkness and in a land of Egypt. And if we want this world to know, and we want our family to know, and we want our workplace to know, and we want anyone around us to know that there is no one like our God, listen to me, it starts with prayer. It starts with us being willing to even pray for our enemies and just call out to God so this world can know that there is no one like our God. I want you to know that the times that we spent together here Monday night and last night and even leading up to this, all of those prayers, church, are for one reason. It's so this world might know that there is no one like Jehovah, just like we've experienced that there's no one like Jehovah. We need to understand that prayer releases the power of God. Prayer releases miracles into our midst. Prayer releases healing. Prayer releases hope and mercy and grace. And prayer just releases the power of the kingdom of God here on earth. It releases it into your marriage. It releases it into your home. It releases it into your kids, into your storm, into whatever situation you're in. Prayer releases the power of the kingdom of God into our lives. And Moses understood that. But what amazes me the most about this passage of Scripture is when you read it, Pharaoh could have had immediate relief from the frogs. He could have had Moses call on God right then, immediately, and say, free me from this plague. Free me from these frogs. But for some reason, Pharaoh chose to wait until tomorrow. For some reason, Pharaoh chose to go through the rest of the day and sleep through the rest of the night with the frogs croaking and crawling all around. He decided to have the frogs be his bed bugs that night. And there's a several reasons why I think that's the place. But he could have, church, he could have had immediate relief from the frogs. But he chose to wait until tomorrow. 
I believe what Pharaoh hoped was that the frogs would just go away by themselves. I believe that what Pharaoh hoped was that he could go to bed at night and maybe allow his magicians to do some magic like they had done a couple times before, and that when he woke up in the morning that the frogs would be gone. I believe that Pharaoh, maybe he believed like I said, you know, the magicians had come in and demonstrated some power right before this, and I've I believe that Moses thought, I'm going to go to bed. I'm going to call on my magicians, and they're going to take care of this problem. So when I wake up in the morning, it's all gone. But I believe above all of that, that Pharaoh, what Pharaoh hoped was that they would be gone because he didn't want to be obligated to Moses. I believe above all things, Pharaoh did not want to be obligated to Moses, and he did not want to be obligated to God. He didn't want to humble himself if he didn't have to. And how often that sounds like us, church. How often it sounds like us that, God, don't humble me. Uh, You know, if I don't have to humble myself, then I don't want to humble myself. But how many of you know, church, that our victory starts with humility? Our victory starts with our willingness to humble ourselves and get on our knees and cry out to God and call on him in our time of need, in the time of our storm, in the time of our trials and our tribulations. You see, prayer must begin with the admission that we need God's help. Prayer must begin with the admission that, God, I cannot do this on my own. I cannot do marriage on my own. I cannot do motherhood on my own. I can't do fatherhood on my own. I can't do my job on my own. I can't do this thing called life. I can't do my ministry. I can't live and breathe and move without your help, God. You see, this is where our victory starts with our willingness to bend down a knee wherever it might be, whenever it might be, and say, God, I'm overwhelmed. God, I'm I'm pressed in on every side, but I know that if God is for me, no one can stand against me. And we must pray up in order to have the power of God come down. And this is what Moses completely understood. But listen to me, church. So often we do the same thing as Pharaoh. We make God and prayer our last resort Instead of our first priority, as soon as we get a little headache, prayer should be our first priority. Whenever a storm comes our way, prayer should be our first uh, priority. Whenever adversity, uh, you know, presses in around us, whenever we see the enemy raise up his head, prayer should be our first priority. But so often, for whatever reason, church, we make it our last resort. We run here and we run there. We call here. We call there. We trust this. We trust that. When God is waiting with an answer through the power and the discipline of prayer. And this is what we must learn to incorporate into our spiritual lives, church. It starts with humility. Sometimes we just don't want to admit our weaknesses. Sometimes we just don't want to admit our frailties and our failures. Sometimes, listen, we don't want to have to confess our sins to God or to our brothers and sisters in the Lord, which might be hindering our prayers. So often we skip prayer and seeking God, hoping that our situation will just work itself out. 
I've been in that place. I've been when I know I should be praying, but either the, the, the busyness or the other priorities or responsibilities that we have just get in the way. And we go to bed at night just hoping that in the morning it will all be taken care of. So often we, we just, when we should be praying, we're just hoping instead. You see, hope is a good thing. But it has to be prefaced with prayer. And this is what we need to understand, church. We So often we, we just hope that the things will take care of themselves, hoping the pain will go away in the middle of the night instead of praying for it, hoping the fever will break in the middle of the night instead of praying about it, hoping that our son or our daughter will finally come home instead of praying about it, hoping that our marriage will work out instead of praying about it. Like I said, there's nothing wrong with hoping. But we must pray and preface our hopes with those prayers, hoping that our own efforts might make things better, hoping that the modern day magicians will cause everything to work out, church, instead of praying and humbling ourselves before the Lord instead of praying up. And this is what God has called us to do. It's what we've been doing the the last couple nights. But James 5.13 says, is any among you troubled? He says, are any among you afflicted? Are any among you uh, not able to find solace in your soul? Are any of you in the midst of a storm? Are any of you surrounded by the enemy and suffering hardship and heartache? Are any of you troubled in your mind? Are any of you troubled or afflicted? He says the key to victory in that. He says, then let them pray. You see, the word of God doesn't say, are any among you troubled? Then worry. He doesn't say, are any among you troubled or afflicted? Then, then become anxious or become discouraged or become dismayed. No. He says, are any among you afflicted? Then let them pray. Because listen to me, church, prayer is the only weapon that releases the power of God into our lives. Prayer is the only weapon that is able to move heaven on our behalf and move hell out of the way. Prayer is the only weapon that we have that can fight its way through darkness and overcome every unclean spirit. It is the power of prayer that unlocks the windows and floodgates of heaven and causes the rain of God's power to fall down Upon our lives. He said, let them pray. Understand what he was saying. He is saying, are any among you troubled? Then let the troubled pray. He, he didn't say, then let the pastor pray or let the elders pray or let my spiritual advisors pray. He said, is there any among you afflicted? Then let the afflicted pray. Because listen to me, church, sometimes the pastor won't be there to pray. Sometimes the staff won't be there to pray. But God will always be there to tune his ear to your prayer. And this is why we've gathered together tonight for us to learn to pray up and Open up to God so that he can pour down his blessings into our lives. He said, let them pray because it's the troubled one whose faith needs to be exercised. It's the one that's troubled. It's the one that's pressed in. It's the one that finds themselves in the midst of the storm that has to learn how to press in and press on and press through. You see, you can come to the pastor or myself or anyone else time after time after time. But God's calling you to pray up because... Because you might be the one that needs to press in and press on and press through. 
I know there's a lot of us tonight that need to press through. And the only way we're going to do it is when we pray up. Amen. So this is what God is calling us to do. Listen, the reality is Pharaoh could have humbled himself right then when Moses came to him. Pharaoh could have repented right then when Moses asked, you set the time for me to pray. He could have called on God himself right then, made things right and had the power of God come down into his life. But he called on Moses to pray instead because he knew that there was something in the way of his prayers. He knew that there was some stubbornness in his heart. And you know what, church? Sometimes we know when we go to prayer that God's not going to hear us because we know that there's something in our life. Because we know we've got to find that place of humility first before the windows of heaven will be opened up into our lives. Pharaoh could have had immediate relief from his uninvited guests, but he chose tomorrow instead. But how many of you know that today is the day of salvation? Today is the day that we can experience the power of God in our life and the forgiveness of God in our life and the grace and the mercy or the healing power of God in our life. How many of you know that we don't have to wait until tomorrow to call on God? Amen. Because God uh, is never slumbers. God never sleeps. God's ear is always tuned to his children. We don't have to wait till tomorrow to call on God. We don't have to wait till next week to call on God. We don't have to wait for the report from the doctor, the boss, or anybody else to come back. We can call on God right now, tonight, in his house, and experience the power of God in our lives. Amen? And this is the confidence we can have in approaching God, Paul said. That if we ask anything according to his will, we know he hears us. And if he hears us, we know we shall have the things we ask of him. I don't know about you, church, but that that excites me to know that I'm not wasting my time here tonight. I'm not just offering up empty prayers to a dead God. I'm offering up some prayers and I'm offering up my hopes and I'm offering up my faith to a God that can hear me and not only hear me, answer me. Amen. And this is what we're going to call God to do tonight. And like Pastor said just a few moments ago, the answer may not fall from heaven right away. The answer may not fall down on you before you walk out the door this evening. There may be some things that still have to take place in our soul. There may be some things and pieces God's trying to put together. There may, may, need, may need to be a little humility that has to be offered up. You see, sometimes you and I might have to be like Elijah who had to put his face to the ground seven times, cover up his head, and call on God so that it would rain. Sometimes we've got to walk around that wall seven times before we begin to hear a little crack, before we get to see a little plaster fall, before we get to see the hand of God moving on our behalf. But I promise you, church, I don't care how many times you have to bow your head. I don't care how many times you have to knock, how many times you have to call call out, how many times you have to pray. The word of God tells us that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Amen. He is a rewarder of those who are diligent in prayer, diligent in the word, diligent in going before the Lord. Those that will keep on praying, those that will keep on trusting, those that will keep on keeping on and keep on running, who put their faith and hope in God. God will reward them. 
So like Pastor said, you might not have gotten your answer Monday night when you came. You might not have gotten your answer Tuesday night. But I want you to know that the first time you pray, pray, the heavens begin to move. I want you to know that the first time you bend your knee, the angels begin to stand at attention, waiting the orders of the commander of all armies, the Lord of hosts. We need to understand that just because the answer has taken a week or two weeks or, or three days, the first time you prayed, God heard you. The first time you prayed, God's ears were open. The first time you prayed, and it might be the first time tonight, you need to know that heaven is beginning to move on your behalf. There is a battle that begins every time you and I open up our mouths in prayer. God sends His angels. God sends His Spirit. God sends the ammunition that you need to win that battle. And sometimes you got to, like Pastor said, pray up for four days so you can last 11 months. Amen? And so that's why we must pray up. Because it's, it's equipping us and it's empowering us. And it's open up being, opening up the windows of heaven so that it might rain upon us. Moses said, you choose the time, Pharaoh. Because Moses knew that whenever he called on God, God would hear him. He said, you choose the time, Pharaoh, because Moses knew that morning, noon, or night, God was going to be attentive to his cry. That God would be attentive to his voice. There's no time that God doesn't hear you. There's no time that God can't respond to you. God doesn't have a clock like we have. One day is like a thousand years to him. So we need to understand that there's always a good time to go to God. Because Moses knew that whenever he called on God... God would hear him at three o'clock in the morning or three in the afternoon. Moses knew that the power of the Lord would be exactly the same. So it didn't matter to Moses when Pharaoh said to pray. Moses was just ready to pray. Moses knew that God was the same yesterday, today and forever. What he did yesterday, he'll do today and he can do it again tomorrow. Amen. But the other thing I want us to see, church, before I close and enter into prayer is that Moses was making himself available to pray at any time as well. Remember, Moses said, you choose the time for me to pray, Pharaoh. You choose the day, you choose the time, you choose the hour, you choose the moment that you want me to go before God and pray. If Pharaoh would have said pray at three o'clock in the morning... Moses would have been on his knees praying. If Pharaoh said, I want you to come back in an hour, Moses, Moses would have been there praying. If, if Pharaoh had said, I want you to pray for, for my nation right now, which he didn't, unfortunately, Moses would have gotten on his knees right then and called out to God. In season or out, church, Moses was always ready to pray. Moses always had a prayer upon his lips. Moses was always ready to communicate with God. He was never caught off guard, and neither should we be, church. At any moment, we may be called to prayer. At any moment, we may face a situation where we can't wait for tomorrow. We need God right now, and we need to have a spirit of prayer come upon our lips and call out to God. And tonight is the night that we've asked for a spirit of prayer to be upon our people because tonight is the night we've got to pray. We can't afford to wait till tomorrow to call out to God because tomorrow may never come. We may not be here tomorrow. So today is the last day you might have to put your petition before God and have the power of God released into your life and into your need. We've got to be ready to pray at all times, church. 
not just during the week of prayer and fasting. We've got to be ready to pray at all times with all sorts of prayers and on all occasions, the Bible tells us, because it's always a good time to pray. Amen. How many of you are ready to pray? How many of you are ready to touch the throne room of God and allow the power of God to come down in your life? This is what we're going to do. I mean, we're going to let the Holy Spirit orchestrate what we're going to do this evening. But you can see around the room in the sanctuary, there's several boards that have specific needs that we would like the church body to pray for. Some of these needs are representative of the needs that you might have or a family member might have. But what we're going to do for a couple minutes, this is what I would ask, is that we all just get from our seats and you can sit back down in an area where it is, but find a board and take a moment to read over what's on that board. And like this one, it says, pray for family, for spouse, for son, daughter, mother, father, restoration, healing, finances, salvation, protection. How many of you know we all need to pray that prayer? There's a pray for prayer for healing on that board and however they are. So here's what I ask for a couple minutes, two, three minutes. Make your way to each board and begin to call out to God. Begin to ask him to let it rain down on these areas of our lives or families' lives or on our nation or those that are sick. And then once you feel like you've touched God in that area, then you move on to another board and touch God once again. And ask God to let it rain and let, let these things happen, church. What we want... What we want is for these prayers to be answered. We want you to touch the throne room of God so that the whole world in Coweta County and Sharpsburg may know that there is no one like our God. Amen. So why don't you just make your way right now and then we're going to let the Holy Spirit lead. You just find a place. You begin to call out to God and lift these up. And we might even ask someone along the way to pray a specific prayer. So as you're making your way, I'm just going to lead us in a quick little prayer and ask Father God that you would just continue to open up the floodgates of heaven tonight. God, I pray that we would press in and press on and press through until we feel like we've actually touched the throne room of grace so that we might find help in our time of need. God, I pray that you would just continue to give a spirit of prayer to your people. Put a prayer upon our lips, God. Put a burden in our heart, Jesus. Sometimes it's hard to pray unless you've put a burden there. So tonight I pray that you would give us a burden, oh God, that we would bear and that we would pray for so that this world might know that there is no one like our God. 